How about your next patient? The next patient is a very... Uh, you might need your help on this one. Yeah. A very uh, nice and interesting lady. You need lady. an audio done? <laughs> no. It's about, it's, it's just, everything sounds like breast cancer, except we can't prove it. Really? Interesting. She's 47, totally asymptomatic. I've actually taken care of her husband with head and neck cancer, who works at my institution, and comes into the office one day with a PET scan. And having seen just the last name, I thought she's bringing something for her husband. And I said, oh, my God, what's going on? I mean, I thought, you know, we did very well. She said, no, no, it's me. I said, what do you mean? She said, I was having some left shoulder pain, went to my primary doctor after initial treatment, you know, just supportive measures. The left shoulder pain did not go away. He ordered an MRI to evaluate whether there was any possibility of joint issues. And the MRI showed in the bones that were seen diffuse metastatic disease. Wow. And also showed uh, left axillary lymphadenopathy. So I saw her as a new patient, did the full exam, specifically concentrating obviously on breast exam, nothing palpable in the breast, no masses felt, could not really feel the axillary lymphadenopathy. But then she had also gotten a PET scan that showed diffuse uptake throughout the skeleton, all the bones, and the left axilla, but nothing anywhere else, specifically not in the lungs. So She's a smoker? She is a non-smoker. So obviously, you know, my first impression is, based on clinical presentation, this is breast cancer. In a woman who, you know, presents with no primary but just axillary and bone-only disease, so center for uh, biopsy of the lymph nodes in the axilla. And to my surprise, the report was read as adenocarcinoma consistent with non-small cell lung origin. Obviously, there was big surprise, really challenged the pathologist several times. They ran several batteries of immunostains, sent the tumor for a second opinion at one of the big institutions. All results came back as not consistent with breast cancer. ER and HER2 negative? All negative. TTF1? TTF1, I don't recall. I thought you told me it was positive. It was positive, yeah. So TTF1 positive. And, I mean, it was really, the report is strong. The pathologists feel strongly that by immunostudies, this is a lung cancer. Really very unusual presentation, still has no lung lesions. So decided to treat her with first-line therapy, with carboplatin, a taxane, and a vastin, and also started her own Zometa. Taxane being? Taxane, in her case, Dosier. being docetaxel, yes. So got carboplatin, docetaxel, avastin. After two cycles, her PET scan, she has complete remission. Hmm. Still not consistent with lung cancer, more consistent with breast cancer, if anything, but this is what I had to deal with. This is still a patient who's labeled as having lung by pathology, by immunohistochemistry, who now has really completed six cycles of chemotherapy and is on maintenance Avastin with a negative PET scan. And any side effects or problems with treatment? So that's really the interesting side effect is really no hypertension, slight trend in her blood pressure to be a little higher, but her baseline was very low, so she's still with a normal. No bleeding. She has had significant problems with her shoulders bilaterally that have developed kind of halfway throughout the treatment. Initially, she would tell me it was difficult for her to lift her arms and then got worse and worse. She was really having problem with pain and decreased range of motion. Ended up doing a MRI scan of the shoulders and she has severe tendinitis and a tear in the tendon. One of them was like 80% throughout the tendon. 
And the only relief she has had is with the steroid injections into her shoulders under the care of an orthopedic surgeon. Still not 100% asymptomatic, just having symptoms from her shoulders, but not from her cancer. Hmm. Vince, what do you think? Well, this was one of those things that don't show up in the book, but this is why you do your tapes, because I've seen that. I have seen patients get a vast, and I don't know if you've heard in any of your other interviews, and get really significant limitation in range of motion at the shoulders. Really? A lot of tendonitis, bursitis. I've done MRIs of their C-spine. I've done MRIs of their shoulders, and nothing will turn up except some tendonitis. I can't think of a pathophysiologic correlator. Can you? There are some unusual side effects of bevacizumab we don't understand. I mean, probably the one that's a class effect and seen with the TKIs that's clearly documented is hoarseness. I have no idea why people get hoarse with this class of drugs. Maybe somebody smarter does. But So this was an interesting anecdotal thing that shared that I believe is real. Wow. I've seen in several patients. Interesting. So, I mean, would you call her lung cancer or carcinoma of unknown etiology? Well, I think she technically would be cup. But one thing we talked about, and I had a patient similar to this in my practice, She's a perfect patient to genotype for lung cancer because she has a good chance of having an EGFR mutation if indeed it's lung cancer, and then you nail down the diagnosis if it's positive. If it's negative, it doesn't help you. But if she has an EGFR mutation, then you become much more comfortable with what we're dealing, and I've had a couple of folks like this in my practice. What about erlotinib, or maybe she could have even had erlotinib up front knowing she was a non-smoker? Well, I think the atypical presentation here, again, immunohistochemical stains only support a diagnosis. They don't prove it. And I think Raj's clinical you know, gut was, boy, this doesn't look like any lung cancer I've seen too often, so I'm going to be a little more conservative. He knew he could have gotten an EGFR mutation test result in two weeks from the time of presentation, especially since she was asymptomatic. It would have been very reasonable to wait for that result and perhaps see if we could treat it differently. What about the use of tissue biomarkers in lung cancer? There's a real split between clinical investigators, particularly places like yours, and everybody in clinical practice. I mean, you just don't even see EGFR mutations being ordered in clinical practice, even if a patient's getting surgery. Do you think this needs to change? Oh, absolutely. I think the papers that link EGF receptor mutations with sensitivity to the TKIs are some of the most important papers we've had in lung cancer in 30 years. And I think the IPASS trial, which you're going to hear more about at ASCO, really provides unequivocal evidence that the mutation is the leading biomarker. And I think we are going to need to disseminate that information to medical oncologists, pulmonologists, surgeons, interventional radiologists at a variety of places. What do we know about IPASS right now? Uh, great study. I'm so enthusiastic about this study, and it's ironic. Today I was talking to Raj that I just finished looking at those slides. That's a great study, right? Because this took a homogeneous group of patients who had every feature making them likely to benefit from EGFR TKIs. Asians, 94% were never smokers. The other 6% were light smokers. 78% were female. And it gave them either chemo or an EGFR TKI. And in the group that did not have an EGFR mutation, chemo was better. And in the group that did have an EGFR mutation, gefitinib, a drug that couldn't even beat placebo in an unselected population, proved superior. So EGFR meant with a hazard ratio of 0.19, a hazard ratio we never see in lung cancer studies. So this was a powerful, powerful study, and I'm really anxious to see the full molecular correlates and presentation of the data at ASCO. Hmm. What about the next step for this patient if she needs one, in other words, if she does develop progressive disease. Right now, she's on Avastin alone? Correct. 
What would you do if she progressed, Vince? Well, I would spend some of that time, and I might either look for, again, I'd look for an EGFR mutation. I might actually look for a HER2 mutation. But if she were to progress... HER2? Yeah, Thinking I mean, maybe the, she has breast cancer still? Well, I mean, the amplification would be primarily in breast cancer, but there are occasional HER2 mutations in lung cancer. So that we can Have the anti-HER2 agents been used? The frequency is so low right. that no company is willing to screen 100 patients to find two. But for those of us who start to identify these patients in real time as they walk in the door and get cadres of patients that are getting other treatments there with the known mutation, then it's much easier to do the trial. And I just saw, I think it was a press release on HER2-positive gastric cancer responding to trastuzumab. Yeah, I saw that as well. Which really, because I kind of been skeptical, you know, HER2 and ovarian cancer, et cetera, we haven't really seen anything. And that was like, whoa, could be interesting. So the next step for this lady, you know, it might well depend on how durable her response is. Certainly, she's had a spectacular response. So if she progressed six months or a year from now, one could envision bringing back the same chemo or part of it. What about adding in erlotinib, particularly if you find that she has an EGFR mutation, or would you just use it without the BEV? Oh, that's a great question. I think that if I knew now she had a EGFR mutation, then I would probably start her on erlotinib. I might actually, since she's having some side effects that are modestly compromising her life, I would have a discussion with her about whether we should discontinue the BEV or not. Although I will caution, in the absence of progression, the beta lung trial, which compared Avastin Tarceva to Tarceva alone, the group that seemed to benefit most, where the forest plot was the best, were never smokers and the patients who had inherent sensitivity to Tarceva, really amplifying the response by keeping Bevacizumab in there. So... I think one could go either way. She looked really good when I saw her today, and she was quite tolerant of her symptoms. I might give her both drugs. What's going on with her personally? I mean, this young woman walks in, all of a sudden has widespread metastatic disease. I mean, obviously, she was devastated on presentation. It's been almost a year now. I mean, she's really lived with it and obviously isn't dying. So she obviously has her concerns that this is not something we can really cure, and probably at some point in time it's going to grow again. Interesting. 